Okay. Uh, before we go back to the handouts, we'll get to it tonight or tomorrow night, in the middle of our Moshe's Tshuva about teaching in the Greek mythology. I'd like to go over just the, um, Hashem, the response on the uh, week or two before, December 25th and the 1st. Apologize, we didn't have Shia last week. It's always a call. And Baruch Hashem, everybody was complaining. But uh, sometimes when we do, and no one's here, they complain they missed it. So it's not an exact science. But I'd rather it uh, this way, in terms of at least getting the clear feeling that people are into it. And they uh, express their opinions in the emails throughout the week. So let me go through a few of them. It's some, some very good childless here. Uh, first, a comment. I think this is from the uh, Hamelberger side of the family. It's your uncle. I assume he's, he's the same. Uh, your wife's uncle? Your uncle? From my, from my side, it's my mother's side. Okay, your mother's, your mother's brother. So anyway, he spoke to your uncle, and he grew up in an upper-middle-class family in Germany. So that's two hush for Marmachimus. If they were poor, it's not a riot to anything. We're talking about the gifts on Hanukkah. So you correctly noted upper middle class. I'm not sure what upper middle class meant in Germany, but you know, that's a, <laughs> that might be the equivalent of the poverty line. I don't know. I, there are people who had money before the war, so uh, we'll take it at face value. Uh, so he's upper middle class in Germany, and he does not recall getting gifts on Hanukkah, which is not worth at least in one neck of the words. I, I think that... It's pretty clear that it wasn't being done uh, in the widespread way it's being done now. Lamaisa, I think uh, the Minigailim is with doing it, and the Yishav is, is that Shava Kesef Kekesef, and in lieu of Hanukkah Gelt, or together with Hanukkah Gelt, I still don't think we should overdo it. Uh, one of the uh, listeners kept asking that he feels it's Osir and it's but per my Shiloh of it, and he was convinced of the Shiloh, not of the uh, Yishuv. He was uncomfortable with it. Uh, I'm trying to be Nash of the Minig. I'm not saying there's no one to be a Machmer, but the rest of the family wanted to give. And I told him clearly, like I uh, mentioned by Thanksgiving, don't start a Shalom bias issue over this. That's for sure. It's not, it's a Shiloh where it came from or why it's being done or overdone in America, but that doesn't make it usher. And even though in this sugi, whenever it's suspect, it usually becomes usher, but certainly when it comes to Shalom Bayes, you don't have to make a, a tumult. Um, the next one, one of our Shear members mentioned, actually the whole thing is not coming up, uh, that uh, his daughter received a chamsa uh, from a family member. I didn't know what that was. I asked to see a picture. When I saw the picture, I knew what it was. Hamsa in Arabic is five, and it's that hand that you see all over the place in various necklaces and bracelets and sides of cribs and vachnachs and things like that. So the bad news is, usually I start off with the good news. There's actually uh, almost more bad news than good news in this sugya, but I'm going to make me ask you this also because the Ben Yishchai seems to mention it and doesn't attack it. Uh, the sources, if you do even a rudimentary amount of research, sources are pretty, uh, pretty horrific in terms of where it comes from. Muslims, pagans, uh, it's, uh, and, and all the religions have one. That's what's interesting. That's not a kasha on us. Could be we had it and they copied it, but uh, they all have it. A various amount of fingers. Now you'll say, okay, it's Hamza's five fingers. Lamaisa, uh, certain. Uh, Sfaidim are very into it, and then it grows. Every store in Eretz Yisrael sells these. 
uh, and every guy who has a table in Israel sells these. They're, they're very popular. Again, it, it puzzles me because it's hard to know. I, I didn't do exhaustive research. We might come back to this. This is a pretty widespread minig. And as you know, I always treat him the ash of the minig is a, is a big mitzvah. I'd like to see a tshuva from a chacham, from a svardi. I'd like to, if I brought Yosef at a tshuva, I'd love to see it. Maybe he has. I just didn't uh, see it yet. The Benish Chai mentions it, and he doesn't attack it, which means that it's possible, even if it had trefa sources, if their sources were based on what they thought was Kishuv, was really not Kishuv, and it really does ward off an Einhar, which is what it's supposed to be doing, then it's not necessarily treif. Apparently that's what the Benish Chai held. With that said, as I mentioned by the Red Bendel, uh, if you don't have it, you don't have to pick it up. Uh, there might be more sources in the Red Bendel than there is on, uh, there are on these, but if you don't have it, don't pick it up. Again, it's a Shalom Bayez problem. Godel Shalom, a big maker when it comes to Shalom, especially something to rely on. You don't start up with an uh, aunt or uncle or grandmother who gave you the gift if you can avoid starting up with them. Whether you have to wear it all the time is a different story. But uh, for the Ashkenazim in the room, and I'm sure it's fine to listen to the Shurim also, if you're, if you're doing it already, you don't have to necessarily drop it like a hot potato, but if you uh, never really had one, and then you happen to be shopping and you see a nice thing and you want to buy it, then uh, fine. Somebody, uh, I mentioned something to the shul, and they said, we have one in the, uh, in the, by, the uh, by the Amr in the front. I said, we do? So we both went to shul for Mincha. I looked at it, and this talking thing, they know it's a Menorah, but Menorah. also it's a Kabbalistic, but it wasn't the hand. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got a little nervous there for a moment. Uh, but, okay, yeah, if you see it, don't attack them. Yes? You must have missed a couple in between. We have go back and you'll hear a full length shirim on that. Uh, we mentioned the um, the Evan Takuma, which by the way, Zev Steen was nice enough. He came to Shabbos. He brought me another two. So now I have a grand total of three. And it's a good because all three are now in use. And uh, what? Forgetting to find mine. Oh, okay, yeah. So again, if you have, the smaller they are, the better they are because the lady has to wear this around her neck. They get heavy. He talked at pretty small ones. You can barely hear it shaking his eye, but you heard something. The other way to do it is you can weigh, but this is harder to do. You could take an Evitakuma and weigh it against any stone. It has to be an exact weight, and then that stone becomes an Evitakuma. And then there's a machlik as whether you can use that to make another one, or it has to be the original, it has to be an Evitakuma. There are ways to make more. I, I was amazed. Mikam Chisrael, he brought me this time two more, and he, it came with a cute white beautifully sewn sack with a string. I said, where'd this come from? He said, I had some Hilukasadekis make them special. She sewed them. So we have a few gamachs in America, one here, one in Baltimore, maybe one other place, not too many floating around, but uh, uh, we have them, and if we need more, we can uh, have some more. But again, this is not a Chassidisha thing, a Svarisha thing, it's not a school. This is one one particular uh, skula, which is mentioned uh, in the Gemara and brought down Shulchan Aruch, is mother to carry these on Shabbos. So uh, we really hold of these, or else they wouldn't allow it to be carried. So it doesn't mean every single person is expecting us to run out and get one, but if you think you might use the help of one, um, then there's nothing wrong with it. Okay, next. Um, I mentioned this during a drush. I promise I would just read two paragraphs. I found this very moving. A cousin of mine, the Shmuel Lenzman writes for various film newspapers, uh, sent me this a few years back. He just sent it to me again, Erev Chagot. It happens to be uh, uh, the, um, read the whole article. It's a fascinating article. He wrote it very well. It's called Bubby's Last Hanukkah. 
happens to be about my grandmother and his grandmother, the Rebus's grandmother to be exact. Uh, the first two paragraphs are, are jarring. It's everything we spoke about, we speak about Nittal and the various Minhagim, why some have a minute not to learn, some in Yanama Pikabal if you learn Shalala Shema, some say for said Dafka then you was to learn after Chasais to sleep the first half of the night. And many bring down, not necessarily so it's the first two reasons, is that practically it was a dangerous, dangerous night, uh, the most dangerous night of the year. Uh, January 1st is probably the second most dangerous night, uh, maybe Pesach during the blood libels. And they used to sit by their doors, nobody learned, because they sit there with their rifles and sticks and just watching out to make sure nobody, nobody came in. So just, um, yeah, this is somebody I grew up with. I, I never, before I saw this, I never knew this story. Uh, this is um, obviously in her youth. My booby was born during the dying days of the Habsburg Emperor's Austria-Hungarian Empire in a little village called Zambik, an hour from Budapest. So it's either Hungary or Czechoslovakia, depending on which war you were in, or which day of the war. In 1919, the night of Tachanukah was Nittlenach, the night of December 24th, night of the Christian holiday in Central Eastern Europe, the time the peasants would often get drunk and then attend midnight services where all too often they would be incited to attack Jews who they believed were guilty in the death of the founder of their religion, which was uh, usually mentioned in a way to rile everybody up. That year, the peasants in a drunken rage, you, you read this, you're like, it sounds like you're reading from the 1600s from the Crusades. This is, um, I knew my grandmother for, uh, for so I got married for, for 10 years plus. And um, this is the atmosphere she was born into. That year, the peasants in a drunken rage ran straight into the house of the Rov, my lovely's father of Avram Pollock. That's all. The family fled to the attic, which had a pull-up ladder. The peasants, not realizing anybody was upstairs, stole everything we were stealing in the house, and then set it on fire. Finally, when it sounded like the peasants had left, my family escaped through the flames with their lives, nothing else. There were 140 families living in Zambek. Every single Jewish home was destroyed. No Jewish family rebuilt. This was not an uncommon occurrence. What year was this? 1919. She was born. She was born uh, within a couple of years before that, yeah. She she once told me she remember her earliest memory was actually still in Europe. Um, I don't know if she remembers this, but uh, she certainly they all escaped. They escaped to Budapest. They ultimately came to America, and he was the welcome to Keysport, Keysport, Pennsylvania, which I mentioned in a few drushes. That's where they came from. There were a lot of Jews in Keysport then. Uh, it's, it's just chilling. You know, this was a typical, and the, you know, we have addicts with pull-downs also. We never even think twice about it or, or any possible use thereof. This was a, a planned escape route. Just the only problem is the house is on fire. How do you escape? But they burned down 140 houses. The whole shuttle was gone. So it doesn't surprise that, you know, it, it, <laughs> it's a very different when you read about this and you're, you know, telling you I knew it. Her and then my, my grandfather was another town nearby, and then I'm sure if you do investigations, you have uh, all of similarly. But this is before, before the Holocaust, and uh, this was Meisim uh, B'chol So uh, it's, it's, we don't we don't know what we have. Just share that with your kids. We don't know. And that's just a machaya. I used to live in Brooklyn, as you all know. Most of you uh, came from there. And um, do you remember what it was? Even a saturated slappage was. Do you remember what the January first sounded like at twelve o'clock midnight? It was like if you weren't expecting it, which you were, and all of a sudden, like you were either thrown out of your sleep or just like, you know, the explosion. Here in Muncie, I didn't even know. My son asked me yesterday when January 1st was. 
Mamisha Machaya. Then he asked me when, 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 when the crossword was. Why? I said, buy him an iPod. Uh, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but is that a, you know, we don't know, we, we mamish that you have to really, and made them in front of three times a day. You got to thank HaKosh Baruch for what we're not missing. This is, this is not ancient history. Speaking of which, um, one person sent in, actually it's not one person, it's Yaakov Aster. Uh, you're the one who sent in about the, uh, actually you, you asked me a question, is Xmas just as good as uh, the Yiddish version? And the answer is no. The X is actually, um, the limit of research I did, some sort of Greek letter, something. it stands for, uh, for... Reminds me to use that all the time. Yeah, yeah, so, so it's not, is a lot better. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, clearly. Just again, you have to know the, the mitzvahs of it, but the X, uh, as you said, they, they use it, and it's not that they're using a shortened version, that's what the X stood for in this, in this phrase. Or, and ver- and what was that? Ver- verbally, you he, said... Yeah, yeah. I'm saying somebody you had asked and somebody else had asked me as well, can I do I have a choice of it? I don't want to say not saying Christmas again, is it a hormone is it make or a din? But the meaning is not to say it to you had asked is is that as good as uh cross or something like that? The answer is no. There's a reason again, we, we have many old men hug him and here's another example, I guess there's a reason for uh, for all of them. The um mention of the um the tree that they have. So uh, I think I mentioned here when the Gro quotes his issue with once we had a minig, even though we had the minig first, once they used the uh, same minig in their service, he stopped doing it. He was not talking about December 25th. He was talking about the, the Pentecostal whatever holiday they have, which is around Shavuot's time. Uh, he didn't talk about the uh, shaves in Hefter. It was something, it was a parallel that was right at the same time. I mentioned that uh, the whole uh, tree that they have is an imported thing, and it's relatively recent vintage Somebody mentioned in an email that um, that the research he did showed that it's actually borrowed from the pagans, which many many Christian things were. They were always interested in bringing people under the fold. They said, "Just take take whatever you have in your religion and bring it along." Certainly true. The whole um, the whole matzah with the twenty fifth and the, the days in between was all much of it borrowed from from the pagans. So he said it came from the original Asherahs, and would that make it worse? The answer is maybe. If uh, if it's pure conjecture and nobody really knows that it came from the Asheri, even though we asked me Suffolk, it's not that Nogea, because getting that tree in your house, which Baruch I'm not Nogea to anybody, would be Chukosem Lo because it's part of their thing now. I just mentioned that it's not clear-cut that they, the tree represents, they're not bowing down to the tree. So his question is, well, wouldn't be, if it was, might be rooted in the Asher, wouldn't be also Al-Sukhaseim anyway. The answer is, it's also Al-Sukhaseim anyway, even without that, because you can't, if you had a tree in your house on the 25th, that's going to be Chukhaseim or worse. So anybody who has one is not asking the Shailen, anybody who, uh, who uh, understands the Sugi wouldn't have one for many, many reasons. Uh, that article, to begin with, is that even if you weren't particularly religious, you wouldn't want to have anything to do with their, uh, with their system. Unfortunately, there are many, many Nebuchadnezzar-assimilated Yidin who have it or have a Bat Namanera or a Hanukkah bush, whatever you want to call it. And that's just very sad, ignoring, ignoring the Chukazam issue, ignoring the fact it's clearly a foreign religion, and ignoring the fact that there's a lot of uh, very bitter, bloody history that comes along with it. Uh, along those lines, uh, the um, following two questions came, I have to have the name here, from Hillel Gitler. Just mentioning Bashem Rebra, he has two good questions. Uh, number one, if the Gura holds that we stop a minig once the Gaim adopted, Rebbe Dharma argues he holds we keep it up. If the Gura holds like that, shouldn't we stop dressing up on Purim? 
interesting shayla. They're dressing up on Halloween. Should we stop dressing up on Purim? So you could say, well, Halloween, no shekels to Purim, it's far away. Possibly. Uh, I think the answer, the better answer would be is that dressing up on Halloween is not part of their service. The girl only asks it when they do it beside their church service or whatever religious. Halloween has its roots in pagan uh, and uh, kishuf uh, rites and, and, and customs, but it's not mandated by the religion to keep it. At least, I don't think it is. Anybody knows otherwise, they can let me know. Maybe I don't think the girl would ask it. Our mother's not a problem with it anyway. We had it first, then the girl wouldn't, uh, wouldn't ask it either. Yeah, the guy in the call, Halloween. Yes. So, okay. We're not responsible if it looks funny to them. What gets me more nervous is when they call Hanukkah their ex, their prospect. With the presence, I'm saying. What? It's also because we're doing Shalach models, which is their trick-or-treating equivalent. We, we don't so do trick-or-treating, though. That's interesting. Trick-or-treat is all part of the whole thing. Trick-or-treat, like, like basically I'm holding you hostage. The whole thing is such bad meat, this. Right. Kid comes to the door, says, either you give me some chocolate or I squirt you with a water gun or something like that. Like, what kind of threat is that? Like, why don't you... We give Shalach Manas in our own volition with part of the Chavr Right, but... The whole um, system I mean, is not... We give out food. Yeah, okay. But it's not a problem. Yeah, yeah. But it's not... I hear. Okay. I don't. I hear, but I don't think it's a problem. Lamai said, I don't think that. I don't think the guy would answer it. Then he said, uh, We have an issue. This is a problem. They do do this in their service to bring people to their service. Remember, we mentioned Ramesh Shat in the Ramam where he says, We don't do anything that gathers them the way we don't gather people the way they gather people for their services, like the bells. He's a Vecker, even though a bell's more convenient. So he said, Would we have a problem using a loudspeaker like the Muslims? And I mentioned that, and he said, uh, is that true even if you hold Islam as not about Azar? First of all, we absolutely hold Islam as not about Azar. Uh, we still hold Azar going to a mosque. It's not as hum as going to a church. We still don't go into a mosque for other reasons also. Uh, and I don't believe that it's necessarily totally whether it's a shame of Azar. If it's a foreign religion and they use it in their service, I don't think we would use it so, so quickly. Now, in camps, they do call people to Shacharis with a loudspeaker. But they're not really calling to shachras. They're basically blaring music, which we discussed on the separate cover. You know, I'll wake up to music, but the heter that I found through all my research is that all the campers are constantly tolling things with loudspeaker and muttering and sputtering, and they're not... When the machaber means you can't wake up to music, it means like the, the, the aristocracy woke up to a band and it was like a slow wake-up and it was like they were all thrilled. And, they, and in camp, that's not... From what I remember in camp, that's not exactly the way it went over, even though they're trying to do it besimcha. Uh, and, but they do say, wake up, and Shacharis is in 10 minutes, and uh, so they hold Lahokal. I don't, I don't think it's because Islam is not about Azar. I think it's just using a loudspeaker is too generic to say, that's the Mikam Asr. I'm just waking you up. I'm just amplifying it. So I think that's, I don't think it's totally whether it's a shame about Azar or not. I think it would be also if it's just a foreign religion, but I don't think it's also if it's too generic. That's my, uh, that's my terrorist. Okay, let's go now, Yehuda. If I can ask you to give that out. Actually, you know what? It's it's um, twenty two already, so let's not give it out. I'm just going to take you five minutes just to get back into it. Well, yes. The Do they hold? A, oh, two different days. You mean the Greek Orthodox the very, and the? the yeah, that's because they messed up the calendar. So, that, so there's another day coming up. That's, uh, are you worried about Nittel? There are some chesedim who keep Nittel on the real date. The, the other day, it's more accurate, by the way, yeah, even though most people, yeah. So and there are chesidim who keep nitil, most chesidim keep nitil in the later one, and some keep in the first one. So the other one is more, should have been moved. No that night, then, 
drinking, if you're having lachaim, you're making a vart, okay. I wouldn't get drunk in a church, but you're probably not going to do that anyway because you don't get drunk, you don't go to church, so I don't, I'm not really that concerned about that. Um, okay, let's uh, take a few minutes just to recap. Yeah. I saw, I saw in a Jewish office that, um, you know the socks that the guys hang up around December 25th time? You didn't see red socks in a Jewish office, no, did you? No, I saw a blue and white happy Hanukkah socks. <laughs> That's pretty sad. I'm telling you, we've been in this country far too long. Yeah, no, but I, 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 think, I think it was purchased. I think it was purchased by Gaish, uh, by the Gaish of the staff there that they all had their decorations up. And Jews don't bring them, you know, from Jews aren't bringing the light on the Noah. Well, one second, one second. But if you're buying socks, why would it be blue? It would be red. They bought Jewish socks. They bought Yeshiva socks. Yeshiva socks. Blue and white, blue socks with white writing, happy Hanukkah. I wonder where you buy. Jewish socks. You <laughs> uh, mean it was, it was <laughs> okay? I mean, long socks, not the ones you wear. Like long socks. Where would you buy? They only manufacture that no, for the holiday. Yes, I didn't know they had blue and white ones. That for Israel, those Christians to support Israel. Okay, now I've heard everything. Yeah, it's also to hang those up, and your boss, whoever was in charge there, was from, should have taken it down. Okay, I'm saying, yeah, not in your office, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's not rumors. <laughs> I didn't think so. Uh, uh, it's yeah. You should you should uh, inform him that that's uh, that's also yeah. Yeah, I mean, somebody had asked me. I don't remember the share. They there. Can you can you buy though? They have cookies with the hechsher, which have red and sprinkles and the whole holiday thing. So he asked me, why is the only you give the hechsher? I said, I don't know if it's a kasha. It is a kasha. It's not a kasha. It's probably trying to. It's probably a company to give all year round. They give it on that also. It looks a little strange. I'm not saying tiny to you, but we don't. You shouldn't buy those things. And everybody says that the coke with the guy with the long white beard on it. And so I said, you can't say it's also, but that you got to be staring at him your whole Shabbos suda. We sing curry bun, and you got to. That's not a hitter either. You could put it under the table or get sprites or something like that. Uh, you know, there has to be a certain sensitivity over here, even if it's not usser. It's. Uh, yeah, okay, so the, the two-minute recap, which will continue tomorrow night. Ramesha began explaining to us last week a very serious shayla. The, the teacher asked the shayla, it's a shayla, and the students, is there any to, to teach or to learn Greek mythology and the like? Okay, Greek mythology and philosophy is tied into the mythology, and Ramesha has a very fascinating sheet to which he develops, but he holds the Dover portion. You can imagine some Rechelik in this gather. He says that the Shaila being Darish Tam and Akrah is only where you're going to use the Tam to say the Isra never applied in this situation, like a wealthy Almana to take her Mashkin. We don't even Paskin like Rav Shimon. We can't be Darish Tam and Akrah. But he said, even Rav Shimon would only hold that it was never Chal in certain situations. Once the Isra was Chal, it remains also the and never changes. Even if you hold the Darish Tam and Akrah, certainly the way we Paskin. He says, therefore, if the original people who wrote it, person or people who wrote it, believed in this stuff, like Homer, and they wrote the Odyssey, and they talked about them, and they talked about them with Choshivas, it was a reality to them, then even though today we laugh at it and nobody takes it seriously, it remains usher because you're reading what the original author wrote. That's a Kiddush, I thought, because uh, maybe one could have argued that if everybody laughs at it today, then nobody takes it seriously, so what do we care? The answer is, but the, he said, he holds the Chefse, even that's a reprint, the chafsa of what we have was written by somebody who believed in it. And he holds that's a serious problem. Let's start on page, oh, you don't have it. On page one, 
at the bottom, he said, therefore, if it's written nowadays, to make fun of it, then it's mutter, he's going to go on to say maybe a mitzvah. What we're going to discuss tomorrow night is, I find this fascinating, he's going to, the last paragraph, which is going to be a blend of halacha and, and a very important hashkafa, he's going to say, therefore, if you need to teach the course, and it's about their das and their hevel v'shtus, you have to give it over in a way where it's clear that it's hevel v'shtus, which will be easy because nobody believes in it today. What I lost, and I must be missing something, is that Ramesh is talking about Greek mythology. The most famous is Homer's writings. And I think if he lived and he was a person, he lived then and he believed in it like everybody else. So according to Ramesh's first gather in his whole introduction is that it should remain us. Ramesh goes on to explain, therefore, since nobody believes in it, and if you have a writer that doesn't believe in it, it's mutter. So Ramesh didn't quote Homer, so it's not a kasha on the tshuva, but Lamaisa. Allah, it's not going to help us too much if they're teaching this stuff. It's only going to help us if you're teaching something that's written in a more contemporary way and the person who wrote it obviously was making fun of it doesn't believe a word of it. And then he's going to explain what the might love teaching it would be to Dafka make fun of it. And Mitzvah Shem will pick that up tomorrow night. Is it an issue?